So, you're planning on tuning into Friday's Lions-Panthers matchup, hoping to see your favorite Lions players in action. Well, today I'm going to go over why that's probably not going to happen, unless you're related to someone who's struggling to make the 53-man roster or the practice squad. See you after the jump. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. The third preseason game was, at one point, the dress rehearsal for the regular season. Teams would play most of their starters for about one quarter in the third out of four games. This was to get the team accustomed to what game days were going to be. The fourth game was the one where teams didn't play anyone who actually might matter, letting everybody rest up so that everyone was good to go for that all-important first game of the season. Because there was one game that no viewer wanted to watch on TV or live in the crowd, a game that there was basically no reason to tune in for, the NFL and NFLPA agreed to generate a lot more revenue together by switching to only three preseason games while adding a 17th game to the regular season. And everyone rejoiced that isn't obsessed with player safety. Uh, one extra game means one extra game of injuries, after all. Uh, because we all got more relevant football. Cool, right? The NFL got rid of that last useless preseason game where nobody played. Objective achieved. Win for everyone. Nobody had to watch a worthless football game anymore. Right? Right? Of course not. The game that got eliminated for most teams was that on-field dress rehearsal game. Why risk the starters at all? Teams ask themselves, particularly while some of these guys on the field are literally fighting for their careers in the final game of the preseason. Why put a person who has that much pressure on performance, that much pressure to do well, that much pressure to hit as hard as they can, as often as they can, up against your first string guy who is just trying to get to week one without an injury? There's no reason to do that. So what a lot of teams have done is just drastically reduce the number of snaps that their starters take in the preseason. There is no dress rehearsal anymore. There's a driver two. That's all we've really gotten out of most of the Lions starters. And that's all we're going to get. We're not going to get any more from anybody that is actually going to start week one, barring some kind of practice injury. Like we're done. That's over. Those guys are not touching this field. The dress rehearsal was something the teams felt they had to do before joint practices were a thing. It was from when teams came to camp out of shape and had to go through two-a-days to be ready for the season. People as old as me will remember doing two-a-days. It is the worst thing ever. <laughs> no, no cardio I have done since. And yes, I will grant you, I probably have not done as much cardio as a lot of people, but no cardio I've done since has been anywhere near as awful as that first like week and a half of football practices in high school. But the reduction of games 
has also given those fringe players one less half to three quarters of a football game to make their mark. So now they could leave that mark on somebody that you need for the rest of your season. Because for most of the guys who are actually playing this week, this is it. Do you make 750k this year? Do you make enough to just basically buy your house? Imagine if your house had just been paid for when you were 21 years old. How great would that have been? That's a nice leg up, right? That's that's what's on the line this week for these guys. You don't make this team, you don't make this practice squad. You get to pray you can get a graduate assistant gig at your alma mater. If you haven't already discussed it with them, that's probably not going to happen. So what are you going to do? You're going to go work in the lumber department of Home Depot? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I did that job for a while. But it's not ideally where you end up, if that makes sense. Their tuition reimbursement program is top-notch. Anyone who works there and is not taking advantage of that in some way, I don't know what you're doing. But the point is that while this game wouldn't matter for the starters, even if they were going to play, or really even the second team guys who are going to make the roster, like Brian Branch's third preseason game, like, yeah, it's nice that he gets some NFL speed snaps, yada, 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 but like, the stakes for him aren't as high as they are for some guys. There are still, though, eight or so roster spots beyond them and the specialists. Actually, even Kicker Battle 2023 isn't decided yet. And then after that, there's 16 more practice squad spots for each team. So there are, give or take, 24 roster spots up for grabs, including the practice squad. For each of the teams this weekend. Those are the guys we need to be looking at this week. That's where the entertaining football is going to come. Anyone who knows they've made the team is probably just trying not to get hurt this week. So first half, less entertaining than the second half in terms of the effort level that's going into this. So what are some of the positions we should watch on Friday? Just because those are spots that we still don't really know exactly who's going to make the team. I'm going to start with corner. With Emmanuel Mosley still on the pup and likely to stay there. That's the physically unable to perform list, PUP, pop. The starters are Cam Sutton and Jerry Jacobs on the outside. That's all but locked in stone. We haven't seen much of those guys in the preseason. That's a pretty good indicator that the team is happy with their performance and would like to have them available for Kansas City Week 1. And nickel, it's either going to be Brian Branch or C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, I'm not saying that Branch has taken... C.J. Gardner-Johnson's job. It's just that Branch has been good enough that the team might choose to deploy C.J.G.J. somewhere else, uh, like a deeper safety role. Like that's, I would say, probably at this point, your your most likely occurrence because Branch has been that good. And your top five guys on the field are going to be Sutton, Jacobs, Branch, Gardner Johnson and Kirby Joseph. Uh, as much as I love good old, why am I blanking on his name? Tracy Walker, the heart of the defense last year. <laughs> you know, a very good player. He's very good. He's not great. Whereas the turnover performance that you could get from deploying the number of the people that I just listed could be the difference between 8 and 12 wins, if that makes sense. 
like the ability to create turnovers is such a trump card as much as i love everything walker brings because he is such a try hard every play guy he hits very very hard frankly so do these other guys and they don't have thumbs for fingers when it comes to trying to catch a football so the team could very well decide that that bumps walker out of the starting lineup and we have a very exciting secondary so what does that leave what's left that leaves at corner will harris Chase Lucas, Starling Thomas, Colby Richardson, Khalil Dorsey, Stephen Gilmore. Those guys are battling for what amounts to basically two actual corner spots. And uh, there's a few special teams positions that'll be a mix of corner safeties, wide receivers, running backs. That last guy on the depth chart isn't there at any of those positions for their ability to play defense. They're there because they've made the FIP mode squad. Dave FIP. Special teams coordinator. Buster Rhymes Refwoods. Yes, again, I'm old. We've established this. Um, so those guys are battling for what amounts to basically two spots and a couple special teams places. Will Harris is making the team. At the very least, he'll be one of those special teams guys. He'll probably be the first backup at outside corner just because he's a veteran guy that they probably feel that they can trust a little bit. Feel free to complain about that in the comments below. Uh, make your friendly fire jokes below. Like we, we all know like how many guys did he hurt last year? I, what is there to say about that? Well, I guess tell me below as you're liking and subscribing to the channel. But anyway, that leaves about three spots for five guys. Like the quarters you see play this week are those guys that are going to go for that spot. So it's by all the practice reports, the Lions depth receivers have been played very well at camp. Uh, and we've seen it from them in games too. It's, it's not that they're just beating up on bad DBs in practice, which has been a very common in the past trend for the Lions is that the camp darlings were just beating players who shouldn't be there. In this case, they're beating other teams' players as well. So that gives you a good indication that, that maybe the Lions just have some receivers who can play at the bottom of their roster. But these are the guys that those guys have been beating all the time. Like We haven't heard a lot of buzz about a lot of these guys. Someone like Starley Thomas, we've heard that name a few times from a whole bunch of different people. He also has some special teams utility that's, that's a pretty good candidate to make the team. Uh, but you're looking for guys to basically just get burned. That's that's it. If you don't hear a guy's name, chances are he was doing his job and that is very good for him, except on special teams where that's where you want to be looking to actually hear their names because they did something or see their numbers converging on punts as the guy does the fair catch. Like you want, this is who you want to be the first guy there, the guy who made the person take the fair catch by beating their blockers on the way down there, if that makes sense. So like these are names, you won't hear them, but look for them. Like just look away from exactly where the ball is at that second. If you hear these guys' names, it's probably because they got burned in coverage and that's not a good thing. The wide receiver situation also seems like it's probably kind of up in the air a little bit. Uh, if I were to pick a surprising cut this week, that's the group it would come out of. Uh, with Jamo's injury, 
and suspension, <laughs> uh, I would expect the veterans to probably keep their job at the wide receiver position. Even if they're not on the field at the same time, Joel Reynolds, Raymond, they're all going to get snaps in week one beside Dominic Ross, Ed Brown, because they're the four guys who know what they're doing in an NFL offense and aren't going to walk into a primetime game and just be staring at the lights in Arrowhead, which is probably the loudest place and the banners going up that night. This game is going to be insane because we're all football starved. The people in that building, the last game they watched was their team winning a Super Bowl. Banners are going up. It's going to be nuts. You probably want to keep the veterans who've been in situations around. Like a lot of those, I guess only Reynolds. Reynolds has played in a Super Bowl. He's seen this kind of thing before. Um, so that's four wide receivers that the team's going to keep. They'll probably keep two more for special teams and like mid middle of the game injury issues. So Coda, he's played all the spots along the receiver group basically, and he's done pretty well in the games. Uh, he's also played a lot of special teams. I believe they have even had him back doing some return stuff. If you're six, three outside inside tight end versatile wide receiver can also in a pinch return kicks for you that guy is going to make your roster and he's going to dress every week so i like coda's chances assuming that what we've seen in games is what's reflected in practice i haven't been to all the practices i went to a couple i saw things Frankly, in the ones I was watching, he didn't stand out that much, but then game time came around and he just has blown the doors off against everyone he's been up against, which there's something to be said for that. Um, Maurice Alexander has a return TD and he's a reasonable stand-in for Raymond or St. Brown in the slot. If a whole large rash of injuries occurs during a game, what I'm saying is you can get a few of the things that you were getting from those other two guys out of Maurice Alexander to finish off the game and not sync your entire game plan. Not that Maurice Alexander is going to come in and be your 100 catch 1200 yard guy uh, replacing St. Brown. You can still run your offense if that guy's in there. That's what I mean by that. Uh, but with that said, we keep hearing reports from beat writers that Drummond and Green will both look really good. Uh, it's been a little hard to see with the receivers sometimes because of the issues elsewhere that are not likely to be fixed for Friday, unfortunately. Uh, so what you're really looking for with the receivers is look for receivers that are making some of those special teams tackles, like gunners on punt. That's how these guys make the team. These guys are not there for their offensive capabilities. So catching three touchdowns is probably less valuable than making two special teams tackles in the last preseason game of the year. My guess, like, if you forced me to guess who's going to make the team, I'd probably say Coda and Alexander just because of the special teams issues. Uh, Green got drafted, which sometimes teams stick with that, but I don't think they will in this case. Like, I think you can probably stash Green and Drummond on a practice squad. You may have more difficulty because of the game film that they've put up stashing Coda or Alexander on a practice squad. So that's, that's why I'd say like, if I was going to guess the 53, if they go that deep, if they go six guys, those will be the ones. And one of them will probably 
end up on waivers. I guess it doesn't really matter. One of them probably would end up on waivers until basically our suspended player, James Williams, is taken off of the active roster after making the 53. Another sticky wicket, offensive line. Um, all the reports are basically indicating that the guys who make the team are going to be the ones who suck the least. But that's a league-wide issue. That is not Lions-specific. Don't get your panties in a bunch about it. That's a really hard job. And the subsection of humanity that can do it at the highest level is tidy. How many six foot four, 320-pound guys do you know that could do a cartwheel? Yeah, it's a pretty short list for me too. In terms of guys just walking around on the street, that's not a thing. Uh, like these guys are freaks to, to even be able to function in an NFL practice and not be a complete joke. It's a pretty small group of people. The Lions aren't going to be able to pull anything better off the waiver wire because nobody's letting anything good go because like I said, it's a league wide issue. There's no depth for anybody. You get one injury. A lot of teams are absolutely sunk or don't even have a full offensive line of worthwhile starters like the Lions do. They're starting guys who are playing as badly as the Lions backups have in some of these preseason games. So, yes, we don't want to get injured a whole bunch, but there's not really any opportunity to get significantly better likely to come up unless somebody suddenly decides they need cap room for a trade at a bigger position and some backup O-line gets kind of shoved to the side. Doesn't usually happen. So watch the tackles because one of those guys is making the team. Probably two. <laughs> uh, what you're watching for is basically to never hear their names. First off, because if a offensive tackle gets mentioned, it's almost exclusively bad. But to watch this battle, you are going to have to take your eyes off the ball, which is a really difficult thing for a lot of people to do while they're watching football games. It just that's where the camera follows. You have to actively watch as opposed to just passively take the game in to have any idea what's going on. Most people are only going to notice who loses this battle. So I'm going to bring up one more thing quickly here. Over the years, I've covered the Lions for a couple different outlets in a couple different ways. I just keep coming back to the Detroit Lions podcast, and I'm about to discuss one of the big reasons why. The St. Jude Charity 24-hour podcast Avanza, or whatever it is that Chris is calling this thing, is coming up again. The people who watch and listen to this podcast have kicked in over $100,000 for St. Jude since we started doing this, and as much as I sometimes act like I have an issue with the fan base of the show, by the way, I don't. You guys are great. Just messing with you. Relax. Uh, in this regard, I do have to say that there's likely not a better group of people on planet Earth. Uh, you guys have been crazy. It's awesome. Keep doing it. Keep giving for the kids. Unfortunately, this year, I'm not going to be able to put on a million sweaters for charity, as is my thing that I do. Uh, <laughs> I am, however, open to alternatives. So, given that I live somewhere much warmer than I was living previously, I need to find an alternative. Like, I'm not eating the bean boozles. That's Chris and Jeff's thing. They could keep doing that. I'm not drinking for dollars. That's Chris's specific thing. I'm, I'm out. Absolutely not doing that. But there's got to be something. 
that you can make me do for charity for an hour. So I'm taking suggestions from our, the fans of the show. Um, I am going to plumb the five-star podcast reviews that come in between now and then, and the YouTube comments that come in on the daily DLP videos, and only the daily DLP videos, for suggestions on what it is that I could do to generate more revenue that night. And if they're all terrible, I'll come up with something, but you're a diverse, intelligent, creative group of people. I have faith that you'll come up with something better than just this one person's brain can. Have a great day. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.